If you're like me, you're kind of here in this middle of pre-Advent, and I'm not really sure what I want to ask Jesus for during the season of Advent. I'm, I'm not really sure how I can best prepare for the solemnity that celebrates his birth again, and I'm really not sure what's going to make this celebration of the solemnity of his birth different than every other celebration of that great day in my life. And yet, being the good mother that she is, Holy Mother Church serves up yet another great suggestion. There is a very particular reason why the church puts very clear emphasis on wisdom in the readings for the 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time, smack dab in the middle of pre-Advent. It's as though she is drawing a highlight through a very important distinction in our lives right here, right now, in the 21st century. The first reading from the Book of Wisdom is very clear on the central role that wisdom plays in our life, and it raises the natural question, well, what exactly is the quality, the virtue of wisdom? The virtue of wisdom, uh, uh, to give a rough analogy, say you have an acorn, and you plant it in the soil, and you give it sufficient sunlight and water, what happens? You get an oak tree. It's amazing how many people are shocked. What do you mean? Well, of course I put an acorn in the ground, but I wasn't expecting an oak tree. That's the way it works. And the relationship of wisdom to truth is that when truth is planted in wisdom, it becomes fully and authentically what it is. When when truth is planted in its opposite, and I'm going to differ a little bit from the phrasing of tonight's gospel because I believe that the opposite of wisdom is not necessarily foolish. It would be a lot easier if the exact opposite of wisdom was foolishness. It'd be a lot easier to spot. But in fact, the opposite of wisdom is not foolishness. The opposite of wisdom is cunning. And where do we see cunning most clearly in Scripture? The serpent was the most cunning of all of the creatures in the garden. Cunning is that quality that when truth is planted in cunning, it dies. 
and the light goes out. And confusion and division and conflict sets in. And left untended by grace becomes the loss of innocent life. This was clear to me on Wednesday morning. And I wasn't so much wounded by numbers. as I was by the apparent fact that there were members of my family and friends on one extreme and members of my family and friends on another extreme who just continued to talk right past one another. as though if we just continue to say all the things that we've always said and continue to do all of the things that we've always done, that, well, I don't know, maybe on the millionth and first time that we try it, it'll suddenly turn out differently. And thanks be to God that the Holy Father in his own way and in his own words is telling the baptized of the world when you're ready you can knock it off. When you are ready, you will have the opportunity to rise, to stand, and to be a light bearer in a new way, to be a truth bearer in a new way, to be a grace bearer in a new way. And in fact, it is intrinsic in your baptismal obligation to do exactly that. Not to run and hide, even though if you're like me on Wednesday morning, all I wanted to do was to grab a tissue and throw the covers back over my head. But then Jesus reminded me, that's not why I made you. I need you to stand up and to raise your eyes and see again that you are perfectly fit and ready to serve the world that I 
created you to serve. And when that serpent shows up and again tries to trip you up, tries to confuse you, tries to frustrate you, tries to discourage you, tries to get you to run and hide, tries to get you to prefer lies over truth or darkness over light, do exactly what I did. Get behind me. Because you have no power here. And then go. Fall in alongside someone you meet today. A member of your family, a member of your circle of friends. Someone who is still struggling with anxiety or guilt or fear or depression or despair is still living in the shadow of a past hurt. Someone who is still struggling in ignorance of the fullness of baptismal identity. Listen. Listen to what that person has to say. And then be ready. Be ready to connect those many questions, those many concerns to the truth revealed in Scripture and in the liturgy of the church. Be their guide. Lead them. Lead them to look up into the eyes of our incarnate Lord. And hear him say again, everything that you have endured in this world, everything that you have encountered in this world, every way that you have been misserved, misled, wounded, and left for dead by the lies of the world, I have already foreseen. That's why I took on human flesh. It's why I went about the world proclaiming the coming of the kingdom. It is why I called my 12 apostles and sent their successors to you. So that you would know what you would never be able to discover on your own. God loves you. God sent his son to save you. And in spite of all of the appearances of the world, God is with you right now to enlighten you, to strengthen you, and to set you free.